You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And it's a great covet to have my good friend, a Talmud Chochem of the first degree, uh, Rav Kalman Warch, who is, of course, the uh, director and, in a way, the founder of the Illinois Center of, of Jewish for Jewish Studies. Um, he is also the translator of uh, the Bnei Yisoscher, which I'm sure other volumes are on their way. Um, acclaimed translator of the Bnei Yisoscher. Uh, Kalman, as I indicated in the email, has a personal stake here in the subject matter. Uh, Chaim Halberstam, the great Divrei Chaim, is one of his progenitors, as he is a descendant of his. And when I asked Kalman to once again go back to the fount of Chassidish Psokim, he wanted, he was, of course, attracted to the great Divrei um, The yard side of the Divrei Chaim was actually last week. And as a Chusi Yagen Aleinu, I'll call Yisrael, he's considered one of the foremost of the great Hasidic masters. And uh, one of the reasons is because while, uh, while, while some of the other Hasidic rabbis, maybe some of their opponents kind of uh, made faces at their Torah knowledge, uh, the Divrei Chaim was beyond all of that. He was considered the greatest Torah scholars and greatest Torah, Torah minds. And so, and so he... The impression of his rulings really transcend um, the just the, the his 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 uh, his community and just his followers and descendants. But he's one of the great poskim of Kali Israel. So, but but the reason why I find this question, this particular tshuva, to be most interesting is because uh, you know I, I think that that generally speaking, when we're dealing with halachic questions, they mostly deal with what should I do. What should I do? Is it, was I yotze the mitzvah? Was I not yotze the mitzvah? What's the way to be yotze the mitzvah? What's not the way to be yotze the mitzvah? Very rarely do we have, or I should say, very rarely, but it's not as common that we have a rav who's being asked to pass in a shaila, which is really much more of a hashkafic shaila. It's much more of a Jewish perspective question. And this question is even more interesting than those general questions, because what this comes down to is trying to assess the sensitivities that we should have and um, whether the sensitivities that we have towards the way we express ourselves and the way we say things, how seriously do we take them and how much do we have uh, how much um, how much is there consequence to it so let's let's go through the question. Um, that he cites here. And again, as uh, Rabbi Kibalevich pointed out, this, there doesn't seem to be an address who this is being directed to. So there seems to be some anonymity that was wanted here. But Sheila, the question is like this. Malami Dachad was a teacher in the school, we assume. Paga Zal, who demeaned or degraded the honor of the great Orachaim HaKadosh. Ba'amar and this individual teacher argued that the Orachaim did not produce his work with divine inspiration. And, and honestly, in today's day, you probably hear this all the time. Listen, Reb Moshe Feinstein said this, but I think this way. Um, um, Reb Chaim Kenievsky said this, I think this way. The Chazanish said this, but you know, the Chazanish, if he would have known what I know, then he would have said this way. I think this is a very common approach that we have today because we 
tend to think of ourselves as decently um, 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 educated and prepared to make these kinds of uh, statements and decisions. But the truth is, that's not what our sages tell us. Our sages tell us that in, in, if, if, uh, if we see our predecessors, if we see our predecessors as angels, then maybe, maybe we can consider ourselves as human beings. But if we see them as just human beings, then at best, we're donkeys. And then the Gemara goes on to clarify, but not, 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 not special donkeys, just regular, plain, old, dumb donkeys, right? So you see that our sages were concerned about the way we position ourselves vis-a-vis -vis our predecessors. And so clearly we recognize that these people were great. But the question is, the question is, you know, if I don't think they were that great, is that such a big deal? Project, Rav Kalman, because we are creatures of our time. So whenever we're looking at, at what's written in the past, we, we as much as we try to look at it from their perspective and live within what was going on then, you know, a lot of our anachronistic sort of way of looking at things, um, uh, you know, inserts itself. Um, but I, I get the sense of, and you're going to, of course, go through this, Chuba, but having gone through it, you know, years ago and and and, and just recently um, been preparing for your talk, um, I, I, I think I get the sense that this fellow showed respect for the book, but I think he it was the way he wanted to perhaps uh in his instruction wanted to disagree um and I think he, he might have had something to ruin your whole presentation. He is going to say, yes, he's an apicus big daily okay, I don't believe this fellow was. From uh, you know, like a a, a planted apikaris, you know, within the whatever city that he was a malamed in the cheder. Um, I don't think he was like sort of like you know. Uh, I, I think he was influenced by, of course, uh, the the spirit of the time. But I get the sense that what he was just saying was, you know, look, I, I can disagree with Darachayim. Um, Darachayim's point uh, here, I think, is, is 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 perhaps incorrect, and and then he probably got pushback. Of Kalman, when someone said, well, "How could you disagree?" The Rachaim Hakodesh, as you said, as the Baal Shem Tov extolled him, and we know that the Rachaim is is, is Ruch Hakodesh. You can't you you can't just dismiss. So I, I'm I, I'm I'm yeah, subtly. I, I, I hear. I, I don't think the difference between the way you're reading it and the way I'm going to read it is that different. I, yeah. I agree with you that we're not talking here about someone who's a who's a heretic who secretly you know worships um, some kind of devil, and then it was it was somehow revealed. Because we we discovered him having uh, you know insulting the Arachaim. I don't right, think that's the case. Right, this is a person right. who believes himself to be a regular from Jew. But I think that's my point. My point is that I think that regular from Jews think, okay, so I'm a little bit off in my hashkafas, so I don't know all the nuances of 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 these different um, you know the difference between the Sefer Ikarim and the Kuzari and and the more Nevuchim and the Chovas Alvavas. You know, I don't know these things. All I know is I'm a from Yid and I learned Torah. But 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 in that process, you're if you don't study and learn and perfect yourself in Hilchas Deus and what a Jew should believe, you're gonna have heretical thoughts. I, I, this is the way I'm understanding it. And here yeah, we well, encounter this Rebbe who somehow, whether it's the Times or whatever, he's probably a from Yid who keeps Shabbos well. But in his mind, in his mind, it hadn't he hadn't developed 
the proper spiritual understanding of how to position himself relative to the Arachayim HaKadosh, and so he ends up in this place. You know, I, I find this, I compare it in my mind to, to um, so occasionally you'll have someone who will quote a Rashi or a Ramban, and 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 v'shalom, they'll say things like, this Ramban makes no sense. Now, if you just mean it as an expression, an expression is an expression. But if you actually mean that this, this is this is a this uh, this is a I'm going to throw in the garbage. You can't say that about Malamed would have made the cutoff. Would he? Uh, my assumption is, and based on the the way the the Diverkheim approaches it, and you're going to go through it right now, is that he admits at a certain spot, yes, uh, there is ruach that, that you can say the safer is beruach hakedish but not the Orachayim. It's too late. It comes from a different time. And even though the, the, the Divrachayim is going to take us all the way you know, back to Chazal, I, I, I somehow think the Malamid would say, of course, the Gemara, everything in the Gemara. I yeah, yeah I, well, let me get into that. Because I, 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 I believe the Divrachayim is actually di- directly addressing all that. So the, le, le, if we're right, we'll start the Tshuva. So the Tshuva begins like this. And, and I think the opening is very telling. Tshuva, here's the response. I received the letter. I don't understand your question. Whether Ruach HaKodesh, this divine spirit, rests upon someone deserving today. Even though there's no prophets. Which sounds like, I mean, it's, it's clear in the text, that whoever sent this question to the Divrei to Chaim sounded like had, they had a debate. As, as you were pointing out. And the argument that was made that there's no Ruach HaKadosh today and that the Orachayim HaKadosh's suggestions for explanation are the same as, let's say, mine, are because Nevoah is gone. And the Gemara says Nevoah is gone. And if Nevoah is gone, which the way the question is understood, seems to presume that Ruach HaKadosh is gone too. That's why the Divrachayim starts off with Where'd you get that from? Why, why are you thinking? Safik al you seem to have this doubt whether the starts with this Gemara Mavabasra. The Gemara says, I'm not going to read the Gemara inside, we'll just translate. Rav Avdimi of Haifa said, from the day the Beis Amikdash was destroyed, prophecy was taken from the prophets and giving, given to the, to the Chachamim, to the sages. Asks the Gemara, what do you mean? Why can't someone be a sage and a prophet? Says the Gemara, no, no, no. It means that prophecy was taken from prophets but there's a prophecy which is associated with the Torah sages. And that's what we he, the Debrei Chaim is going to refer to as a Ruach HaKodesh. And the Gemara says, Lo Nitla, that wasn't taken. And then the Gemara continues on, and I'm going to skip over that Gemara, but uh, the Gemara says, uh, quotes from Amemar proving that actually the sages and the wisdom that they have is actually even greater than the prophets. And uh, I'm going to skip to the next page, but but he goes on to prove it from the fact that you've got so many situations where Torah sages, you know, it reminds me of the, he's going to quote something like this later. But there's a story told about the Nod Yehuda that uh, when he came to Prague to become the rabbi, someone presented him with a, someone came to him with a shaila, a very difficult question. And after a couple of days, he came back to this individual and he said to him, um, this is not a real shaila, it's not a real question, you made it up. So the guy said, well, actually, yeah, it's not a real question. I made it up. There was a new rabbi in town. I wanted to see if he could answer my question. But, but, but how did you know? And so the, the Yehuda is said to have said to him, 
It's because I know when I receive a Shiloh, when I receive a question, and I go to look for the answer, there's a certain divine support that I receive, a siyata deshmaya, that I receive in this process of looking to answer a Shiloh, which is a real Shiloh. But because yours was a made-up question, says the Yehuda to this individual, there was no siyata deshmaya because there was no practical need behind it. And so the 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 um is invoking that kind of sense from the Gemara. And then he finishes the quoting the Gemara, he says, Hare Digam meaning after the destruction, Ruach Navua Shora Alaruim, the still prophecy over those who deserve it, which is not Navua, but what the Divrachaim is referring to as Ruach HaKodesh the Chachma which is a divine spirit that comes from being tapped into the wisdom of Torah. And the Nevua Lechud Baruch HaKodesh, the Chachma Lechud, Kemavur Bamora Bechelek Beis. I just want to point out, you know, in my family, we have a tradition, you know, as a descendant of the Dibre Chaim, that the Dibre Chaim seemed to be an exceptional, I mean, it's brilliant in Torah. But he seemed to know all the words of the Chokrim, also the Jewish philosophers, and very specifically the Mora Nevuchim, the Dibre Chaim, seemed to have a great knowledge of the Mora. And here's one of those examples in places where he quotes the, he quotes the Mora Nevuchim. So the story is actually told that the Dibre Chaim was, um, was by his father-in-law, the Baruch Tam, Baruch Tumim Frankel, who was at that time one of the greatest Talmudists of the generation, and after the the, the Rechaim married his daughter, he, he they learned together, and the, the there's a whole story, I don't want to, it'll take up all the time, but uh, the Divrechaim basically was trying to read the Baruch, the Baruch Tam's Mor Nevuchim, and the Baruch Tam kept stopping him from reading it. He says, no, no, this is not, you can't read it, you can't read it, and then eventually when the Divrechaim, he caught him sneaking in and trying to um, read the Sefer in secret, so the Baruch Tam actually um, said to the Divrechaim, we're going to learn it together. And that was the, the Divrechaim said later, that was the only time he learned more in the Vuchim, and for the rest of his life he would quote it because he was that brilliant. But, but um, it, it's, it's um, what he's saying here, and he's quoting the Rambam, is that there's Nevuah, there's a process called Nevuah, and then there's a process called Chachma of Chachamim, which is a kind of Torah, what, what today would be associated with what people would refer to, although sometimes incorrectly, as, as Das Torah, which they believe means that if, if someone has smicha, then whatever they say, they're speaking for God. That's not what it means. But Das Torah means that somehow, because the Torah, as the, the, the Divrei Chaim will quote soon, the Torah encompasses everything and the Torah reaches everything. If someone's truly, truly righteous and connected to the Torah, like the Orachaim HaKadosh, without question, his Sefer and all of his writings would have been written with the Rach HaKadosh. But he says, he goes on in this tshuva, I'm going to skip over the, the, the first few lines, Um and go, this is what it means. Even though prophecy was taken from prophets. That's the vision, the chazon. Nitla was not taken. They know the truth for the divine spirit within them. That doesn't just mean, like some people understand Ruach HaKodesh, that they get lucky. It means that they know it's true. They can feel it's true through this Ruach HaKodesh. And he, he, quotes, the, he quotes a Ritva, and the Ritva uses the language, that they can attain with their minds. Many things, something that the human mind is unable 
to attain, that that means that their mind can actually achieve supernatural levels of understanding. And that's what it means, Chacham Adif Mi Navi, because we know a Navi achieves a supernatural levels of understanding. Um, and he quotes the Rambam, Hare Lecha, you finish this, this, this paragraph, the Shas, you see in the Shas, in the Gemara, and the Rishonim, meaning the Ramban, the Ritva that he was quoting, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Chachma, Lo Batam and Achachamim. Again, the point being that you're making the assumption that if prophecy is gone, then all elements of prophecy are gone. And what he's saying is prophecy is gone, but Torah sages remain Torah sages and remain the same level of Torah sages. And if you understand that there was, there was Ruach HaKodesh going back, let's say, to Ezra, that what Ezra did was written Baruch HaKodesh, and what Esther wrote, um, Esther Baruch HaKodesh, that Esther was said in Baruch HaKodesh, then at that point you should realize that if Esther could be written Baruch HaKodesh, then, then the Alshech and, and the Shla and the writings of the Arizal and the Orachayim HaKodesh and, and, and the Divrechayim are all written with Baruch HaKodesh, although obviously Divrechayim doesn't say that about the Divrechayim. He then goes on, feeling like we have to prove that it doesn't end with prophecy in a more direct way. So he quotes an interesting Gemara in Gittim. The Gemara talks about the details of which are way too complicated, but but the the Gemara says there that um, Rabbi Avyasar said something, and the Gemara says the Askim Mare Al Yade, and God agreed with him. Now, obviously, God doesn't agree with someone, right? Hashem's opinion precedes whoever has an opinion. And so Rashi, Rashi explains that. And Rashi explains that in a very interesting way. Rashi says, God agreed with the Rebbe of Yasser and revealed to him the secret, to know something that was not known, to know its truth. God revealed to Rabbi Avyasar a secret that he would otherwise not have known, and Rabbi Avyasar suddenly had this knowledge, and that is something that happens in the days of the Gemara. Says the Divrechaim, Hey, the Ruach Hakodesh, Hakodesh Baruch So whatever this is, this is Ruach Hakodesh. Whatever this divine influence of thought is, it's still there. Yoyer, which of course is the basis of Mesos Yishodim, leads to Ruach Hakodesh. Right, that's right. part of. So I think that's what he means here when he says, Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was going to stick more to the open Gemaras that he states, but you're absolutely right. I mean, that's another, and we know, and we know, and we we know Pinchas Ben Yoyer was talking to his gender. Again, he is obviously a Tana, uh, but it's past the time of uh, the Nevi'im. And it is the, what we call the, uh, you know, the roadmap that everyone knows from, of course, the say from Silas Yishorim from the Ramchal. And although the Ramchal doesn't have a Shar Ruach HaKodesh, it's clear that if one can go through all those steps, Rapinachas Ben Yoyer is saying, you will become a Baal Ruach HaKodesh even today. Yeah, I mean, without question, I would take it even further. And I would say, if let's say someone would die, and but you need them to help you build your sukkah, so what you can do is you can fulfill the entire because <laughs> because after that you have trias hamesim. Which then you the can right, then, then you'll have the power to bring them back to life. You can because building. after just to tell everybody because if you look up the Pinchas Benyar statement, it says Veruach Hakodesh maybe 
Lidei Trias Amesim, which, as Rabbi Warch is saying, is the ability to actually be Machaya Mesim. Right, right. And, and the reason why I'm saying it like that is, is that's exactly, and I, I appreciate you bringing us back to this line that I chose to skip. I, I think that really brings out the point that it's very practical. You can have Ruch HaKodesh today. That, and that's what the Mesir Sisharim is saying. I mean, obviously, fulfilling even chapter one of Mesir Sisharim is a lifetime's work. So getting, you know, through 20-something chapters is is a lot. But but in theory, Ruach HaKodesh is available today, and that's what Rafinchas Ben Yadar is saying. And what, that's what the Ramchal is trying to teach us, how to properly do. In fact, it would go all the way to Tchias HaMesim, right? Okay, um, thank you. I, I think that's that's an important, especially since we're all familiar with Mesil Sisharim. I think that that really emphasizes we've got this work available here, which will teach you how to attain Rach HaKodesh. So how could you say there's no Rach HaKodesh anymore? Okay, back to the Madrash. He quotes the Madrash that tells us about this woman who Rabbi Meir was giving a shear on Friday night, and uh, and uh, she and this woman went to hear his shear, which to me is an interesting thing, that in the days of Chazal, there were shiurim on Friday night. Um, and 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 there was a women's shear on Friday night. Uh, I think if you asked some people today, they wouldn't even believe that our sages had women's shear. But uh, th- so they went to a, a uh, shear, and she stayed there too long. And the husband, uh, the husband said when she came home, the husband said to her, "Don't don't come home unless you spit on Rabbi Meir three times." And the Gemara, the Medrash tells us, Tzafa Rabbi Meir Baruch HaKodesh, Rabbi Meir, he saw this with his Ruach HaKodesh, and so he he went to the woman and he said, basically there was a certain illness, which in order for someone to uh, be healed from, they needed to use human spittle. And so he asked her to spit, and, and that way, whatever the story was. But the good language of the Medrash is Tzafa Rabbi Meir Baruch HaKodesh, Rabbi Meir saw this. He saw what was happening in someone else's home. And and that that's in the days of our sages. And he quotes another Gemara with Rebbe, who on the day the day that he passed, he was saying all kinds of things, which were he's using the words divrei nevuah, but essentially they were prophecy. He was for maybe you could say people on their deathbed are somehow injected with with superpowering superpowers. Uh, so that raya would be a little bit uh, neutralized. The fact was that. It sort of makes sense that while the Nisham is going back to its source, that it's sort of like, in a way, hovering in another world that can somehow see yeah, things beyond. May, maybe. No, uh, uh, explain to me how that disproves that there's still Navua going on today. No, no, no. In, in, in the sense that, but what, what someone would necessarily write in their youth you know, and and we know the Archaim didn't even live to be forty, right? So basically, we're talking about a book, a sefer that he wrote based on his shiurim that he gave or the drushas that he would give. Um, you know, this was a sefer that he wrote in his thirties. You know, one could argue that even though Rebbe was 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 the was the beneficiary of of all these yedias besof yomov, again, you could push back a little bit from that last raya. That's I, I hear that. And, and I would say what you're saying actually goes well with the next thing that the Dibra Chaim says, because the Dibra Chaim then makes a totally tangential point. But but again, this shows his his you know knowledge of the especially of the Rambam's Morin Buchen, where he says the truth is that the Rambam, who does distinguish between what's called Nevuah, which the Rambam says um, attaches itself to the to the power of a human imagination, 
And, and then as opposed to Chachmas Nevuas HaChachamim, this wisdom which is on the on the Torah sages, what we're calling uh, what we're calling Nevuas Chachamim, that that's more associated with the creative and the intellectual parts of the of the the human processing of the mind, meaning the intellect rather than the imagination. So he says there are really two different realms, and the Rambam, as a result of that, seems to suggest that even when sages have what's called nevuas chachamim, when they have this special um, insight of the sages, that it can't it can't exceed the natural, it can't go into the supernatural. So a chacham can can know things based on you know a Sherlock Holmes kind of analysis. And that may just go beyond what a regular person can calculate, but but not that he's going to know supernaturally, you know what's going on in someone else's house. But but so says the Divrechaim that that this these last couple of sources that I've brought seem to disagree with the Rambam on that because they seem to show some supernatural element on the part of these uh, um, um, Talmudic sages. So I think back to your Rabbi Kivalavish's point. Yeah, I think that that. That that certainly negated this point by saying that that the Rebbe was on the brink of death, and so if he was on the brink of death, maybe that's that's a different place to be than than the, the wise man in his intellect. Right, but as you said, Rav Meir, who was able to find, was able to see that something else was going on uh, in terms of this woman's married life and know exactly what her husband had said. Yeah, I, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. I'm just know, saying you, the last point is much right, more. But, it's a, but it's a very important point, I think, because I think all of us can, who have, who have learned, can somehow feel that when we come to understand something and we've worked it through and things start to click in our heads and we start seeing uh, in learning and we start seeing how the pieces fit and we start seeing the idea develop. And when something that was difficult to us before, as the as you know, as he, he's going to quote the Rivan later about you know, we 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 understand how it works intellectually. We can understand that I I, I know my theory is right. I know my answer is correct. Um, it, 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 somehow uh, things happened that the answer uh, I was thinking about it. I woke up in the morning and it was clear. I could write it up. You know, so there it's purely a, a an intellect, it's, it's a, a point like the Archaim's words that can be written down and given over uh, intellectually from one person to another. How do you know that point is true? You could say, well, it was a Ruch HaKodesh that the person had that, that established that, uh, which is different than knowing, you know, what's going on in somebody else's house and knowing what sort of conversations were going on i'm basically reiterating what you're saying vis-a-vis right. you know what he quotes from the rambam and i think that's something that's that that, that you know one could i, I think accept common that this safer was written by such a holy person who was so connected to Torah, and obviously he was gifted intellectually he obviously had the wherewithal to understand how a plus b equals c he he wasn't uh, you know a, a person who was uh, deficient in 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 thought capability but he had something that made him different and special than others, which was the avoda that he worked on, the holiness that he worked on, the the lifestyle that he had that allowed him to plug into the the shchinas, as it were, be that permeates all of Torah. But you know, I think 
people here might have a harder time believing that that person can now know what you had for breakfast this morning. Right. So I, I think, I think that, that's, that, that becomes that sensitive point for many people where they draw the line. Like if they told them that, well, the rabbi told me to go into this business, um, you know, because, uh, because, uh, you know, he said that I would have success. So then you could say, listen, there's a certain amount of uh, chachamim. You know, he's this, the Rebbe is a wise person who's been interacting with this chassidim who are in business for 30 years. So, he, you know, he's a chacham besides that. So there'll probably be some success. You know, you could say that. Or you could take the approach further, which is what some, the way some people will see the Rebbe. Uh, the Rebbe, you know, gets information from Hashem. So whatever he says, you know, is, is our magid. And complained to him, they had heard that the Kajnitz Magid was Mater and Iguna, a woman whose husband has gone missing, that basically he said, I saw Baruch HaKodesh that the husband is dead. That, that, that's what, that was essentially the Psak. I, I saw the husband's dead, so the woman's allowed to get married. So this great, great Rav came to challenge him. You cannot rule like that. We can't rule. You can't rule because you can see across the world that someone, that someone died. So he came to the Kajan Samagid basically to read him the riot act. And the Kajan Samagid sat him down and said, okay, before you start anything, let's learn through the Sugya. Let's learn the pertinent rules. And the Kajan Samagid is a tremendous Talmud Chacham. They started from the Gemara. They read it. They learned down all the way to the Poskim. And then the Kajan Samagid says, okay, we finished learning the Sugya. What's the Halacha? And this other great scholar said, the Halacha is that technically she's permitted to get married. But Bal Nefesh Yachmir is the language, which is that someone who's sensitive to and worried about transgressing should be stringent. So which means, said this rabbi, that this woman should be stringent. Said the Kajan Samagid, no. Technically, the woman's permitted. There's an additional level of concern because Bal Nefesh Yachmir, what if? So he says, my knowledge of what I can see across the world can remove the Bal Nefesh Yachmer, the extra stringency, and we can stick to the letter of the law, which is that she's permitted because I see the husband's dead. So, so you know, you see that struggle between a rabbi trying to use his Ruch HaKodesh to Paskin. So you can't use Ruch HaKodesh to Paskin. He's like, no, no, I'm not using Ruch HaKodesh to Paskin. I'm using the Torah to Paskin. There's an additional element of concern, and that's what the Ruch HaKodesh can go against. So uh, that that's sort of the way that people are are perceiving the Ruch HaKodesh is that they think that the Rebbe is Paskining by looking across the world. And, and that's sort of a, a thing that, that the Rambam's saying he couldn't do. He couldn't do that. So he's saying, the, even if the Rambam um, says that, we don't think that. We think that, yeah, they can even see the supernatural, but you have to be careful in how you use it in terms of halacha. Right, but, but, right, but to win this argument about the Orachayim, you don't need to add that extra layer. Right, because basically, right. and, and you can see here in the next paragraph, Kalman, if you allow me, he Please. says that, he says, the, right, he says, even though the Gemara at the end of Saita, which we'll be getting to soon, in other words, the word Ruach HaKodesh sort of has a, has a, a meanings that depend on context. The Ruach HaKodesh that the Gemara is talking about, which is probably what the Malamid quoted, you know, Nitzel Ruch HaKadosh. Right. He right. Says, and and I think you have to address that because right. this is an open Gemara that says Ruch HaKadosh is God and he's probably waving it in everyone's face. Right. So he says, no, that's the Ruach of Nevuah, but there's still Ruach HaKadosh and you see the way he explains it. The Chochma Lahaskim Besichloi Im Halochlam Sinai. That somehow right. your Seichel, 
you don't again it was working in the wheels of your mind and your mind came to that same or that somehow God opened the pathways of his mind, like Rashi said, something that otherwise he probably wouldn't on another day or another person with his intellectual capabilities would not have come to that conclusion. But it's an intellectual conclusion using the Koyachaseichel. Right and but but the Ruch Hakodesh pushes it. The Ruch Hakodesh enhances it. The Ruch Hakodesh opens up a pathway that he's able to think and understand. Someone was making trying to make a very serious argument that there's no Ruch Hakodesh today, and so they were citing Chuvas Megidole Dorenu that Ruch Hakodesh is gone. So he says, number one, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Show me anyone that actually says that. You don't have any sources for that. It's interesting, but uh, um, that, that he would say it like that. But lo amen, she yatsin saying she yichia, I don't believe it. And the truth is that clearly this whoever's writing this, whoever this despicable. The Malamid. In other words, the right, the Malamid got a letter, Rav Kalman. The Malamid right. got a letter to back him up from some godel. Right. He says Right. So he says, I don't know what he said to them. In other words, he may have said to them that these people think they're still prophets. And then, of course, someone wrote a letter. No, it's Ruch HaKodesh is gone or whatever. Right. So so we don't know exactly. And the Rechaim says, I don't know what was said. But all I know is, all I know is, MS Eid Ladarko, truth testifies for itself. Shigam Bizmanenu, even today, the Chachmeh MS. And interesting, he says it, She'enam Notim Achriachomer meaning people who are not pursuing materialism in this world, people who live a higher way of living, as it says in the Moran Nebuchim, and the Ramban that he quoted earlier, and so therefore no question over. And therefore, says the Rechaim, Bala Orachaim, the Shmosa begins a Meromim, the Orachaim HaKadosh, who is in Gan Eden, up in Shamayim, Vadai, certainly, Hebrew Sifra Baruch HaKodesh, he wrote a Sefer with the Ruach HaKodesh. and I don't even mean only the Rechaim. Call Mechaber, every author. Afilu B'Dareinu, even today, Imurai Lekach, assuming is on the level. Hebrew Sifra Baruch HaKodesh, he has written his work, Baruch HaKodesh. Hainu Shehizkim Bechachmosu Lamita Shator, which means he is divinely um, 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 on target. He is divinely on target. And he says, I wish I had more time to go through the Tumim, but I'm almost out of time, so I'm going to try to say this quickly. Essentially, what the Tumim is dealing with is someone who wants to say, there's a concept called Kimli, which is if someone is convinced that the halacha is a certain way, that they're allowed to say, I am convinced the halacha is this way, and I want the rulings should apply to me in this case. I, it's, it's hard to explain that where it applies. But he says, but the Tumim basically says, you can't do that against the Shulchan Aruch. Because, and what he means is like this. The Tumim says an interesting thing. You, know, you read Rashi, and you have a question on Rashi. And so you give an explanation to Rashi. Then I go to some other rabbi, and he says, I present him the question. He gives a different explanation of, Ra- of Rashi. Which one of these did Rashi mean? Which one of these did Rashi think about? Says the Tumim, Rabbi Yonas and Ibshitz, um, that Rashi meant them both. When, 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 when people write with Ruach HaKodesh, 
their words take on a life of their own, like in Shmona Esrei. All the different explanations are all included within the intentions of our of our sages. And so Rabbi Yonis Naibshitz writes, when the, when the Shulchan Aruch was written, Hashem was holding the hands of the of the Mechaber, and Hashem was holding the hands of the Ramah, not literally. And so when they wrote, they was written in a way that they were divinely supported, and so we can read what we want to in every letter, in every, in every nuance, because, because it was meant for that. And therefore, Hamalame, this teacher, who denies the Ruach HaKodesh of the Arachayim, who Apikoris, he's an Apikoris. Apikoris is a big term. It means he's a heretic. He doesn't believe in, the, in our leaders. Sheidu Alav, who testified about the Arachayim HaKodesh. So this teacher, Kafar Be'ikar Ruach HaKodesh, is is missing hashkafically a proper understanding of Ruach HaKodesh means, and he's, he's mocking a Gemara in Baba Basra, so you did the right thing, that you didn't leave your children in his hands, and your strength should be, should be increased through this mysterious nefesh. Of, before we get to the last point that he makes, again, I want to, I want to go back to what I started with. I think that we today aren't so bothered by these things because we don't under we don't we're not we're not as sensitive to nuances in belief and faith. You know, I, I find sometimes I'll be during a speech and someone will say something that's semi-heretical. And I'll question, you know, do I walk out, do I not walk out? And sometimes I have to walk out, not because I think that it's going to change or that the person speaking will even know that I'm walking out because they said something. Sometimes we have to, to ourselves, say sometimes even thoughts and beliefs are so important that they're worth standing up for. Sometimes if someone's missing and they can't accept and handle and realize that there are things that they don't know and that this is important. The fact that the Orachayim HaKadosh was written Baruch HaKadosh is important. It's so important that if you don't believe it, you need to be fired from your teaching position. So, you know, it makes me and, and us, all of us, consider, well, are my hashkafas all in place? And there are, are there things that I believe that I think of, eh, big deal, for which if the Devrachayim were here, would not let me be a school teacher, right? And so, so do, uh, how sensitive do I need to be to some of my own beliefs which is one question, but how sensitive do I need to be to things that people say to stand up and, and really challenge? But what's interesting is, he finishes, I can't pass him about his, his, his wages, because I haven't seen him, I haven't interacted with him. Maybe he's really just making a mistake. So for that, I'll rely on the rabbi in your town, the Hayyei Shalom. But, you know, it's interesting that with all this and with all of his kanois and that's it, this guy said one thing that's wrong, fire him from his job and, and fire any people like him and Isaiah Pekoris and all of that. But that doesn't mean you get to touch his dollar. You don't, you don't get to take a penny from another, him. In other, words, in other words, you still owe him money, which is what he wanted. In other words, either, either to pay off his contract or to pay him for the work that he did. Despite right. the, and, right. and that's something which I think we... When we see that, oh, he's not Picarus, fire him, throw him out, you know, whatever. And the Rechaim is like, well, one second, there's two separate issues here. One is he fit to be a Rebbe. And number two, there's there's a financial issue. And it doesn't mean he has to lose his money because of this, because, because there's different um, parameters 
for when you lose your job versus when you lose your money. You lose your job if you're not a good teacher. So if your ashkafas aren't right, you're going to lose your job because you don't have a proper perspective of Judaism. And when the kids ask you questions, you'll give them the wrong answers. So that's you can't be a teacher. But there's a different threshold for when we would take money from you. And so he says, that's not my issue. And so it's interesting to me that the Divrechaim passed away on the 25th of Nisan, which is actually um, spiritually, Kabbalistically, is the day of Tiferes Shebegevura. And Tiferes Shebegevura means that even when you have to do things like judging and being harsh, Tiferes, you should do this in a way that's sensible and, and good to people. And so I, I think that this is a good example of the Divrechaim living the day of his yard site of Tiferes Shebegevura, where he's saying that, yeah, we got to fire this guy but he may still be entitled to pay and you may still have to pay him for the rest of his contract because the definitions and the parameters, we always have to figure out, you know, we live in a world where when someone does something bad, we throw him out with the, with the bathwater and the garbage. But, but, um, but uh, the, the Rechaim is saying, slow down. You know, you've, you've, if, if we're going to be so sensitive to nuances about things that he says, we also have to be sensitive to our own nuances and our feelings, and we can't just jump and explode on this person and, and take everything away from them. Uh, again, I think this is a great example of Hasidish Psak, because he's really answering Hashkafik Shaila. It's a, this is a question in, in Jewish perspective and belief, and, and it's Halachik Shaila. He's treating it like a Halachik Shaila. This is in, in Yoridea, Simon Kuf Hey. This is in, in his responsa, yeah. right? In between um, uh, uh, the firstborn gift and, uh, and um, 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 you know, Hilchas Cherem. Uh, um, in between there, he's got this Shaila. This is a real Shaila. It's a Halachik Shaila. And he needs a ruling. And the ruling is incredible that. Come, we come out with is that not only is the Orachim written, written with the Racha Kodesh, but many Sfarim are written with the Racha Kodesh, and we have to appreciate the greatness of our great ones and be careful with the way that we speak with them, and with that we should all also be Zoha, that we too should achieve our own greatness and receive Racha Kodesh and the Tchias Amesim, and we should see the Geula and B'meherbi Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.